AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Melissa Curtis. Melissa is the Senior Director of Clinical Computational Sciences at EQRX. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, JP. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Melissa, let's start with your background. Um, you've had quite an interesting journey thus far. So could you talk us through um, where you first got started in technology, some of the roles you've held along the way, and, and take us up to just before you joined EQRX. So my first role was working as a health economist at a health economics consulting firm. Um, we were doing research primarily on behalf of pharmaceutical companies, trying to demonstrate the value of their products. And so one of the great things was that we were data agnostic and so got a chance to use all sorts of different data sources that people were using at that time. Um, insurance claims data, chart review data, learned a lot about data analysis. But um, some of the other things that really stuck with me, um, one was that I saw all of these really important research questions. Um, and I saw that the data that we were using really couldn't support them. Um, I was writing papers with limitation sections that were longer than the method sections and realizing we just have to do better. You know, everyone around me was just kind of accepting that that was the way that things were. Um, and at that point, I was introduced to um, some of the early folks um, at Flatiron. Um, and, you know, I know many people um, know Flatiron Health for what it is today, which is a large organization, a um, thousand people recently acquired by Roche. Um, but in 2014, Flatiron was about 30 people. <laughs> um, so very different um, kind of decision-making criteria that led me to, to that company. Um, but what I saw in it at that time was you know, for the first time, people were, were really calling it a problem, the research that we were using in oncology, the research data that were available to use in oncology. Um, and I loved that they were calling it a problem and bringing together the right people to solve it. And over the next six years, we really did just that. Uh, when I look at how Flatiron data is being used today, it's really astounding what's possible. And the research that's been produced and um, is really something that I'm proud of. Yeah, to be able to join uh, at, at such an early stage and look back now to see what Flower now has become, is, it must be incredible. And you played a pivotal role with, with some very senior leadership roles and building out the team. It'd be good to understand some of the, some of the challenges that you faced while doing that and what you learned from it. So <laughs> um, the data that exists in the real world um, is messy and um, is not kind of at the start what you would want to use for research and so we had to invest a ton of time into kind of how do we pull out the relevant points um, from the electronic health record that then will make this usable for research um, and so um, we developed a um, technology enabled abstraction approach 
um, over time um, complemented with some machine learning approaches as well. Um, but a lot of what we found was just some of the variation in clinical practice um, that then is reflected in the data. You know, doctors do things differently, they have different workflows, um, and it really requires on the data side um, to look at it as a story and try to piece back together what may have happened. Um, and that was something that I really enjoyed. So um, one of the pieces of the puzzle that I focused on was um, mortality data, um, something as simple as understanding when people die, which is really important for oncology research. It's kind of um, the one outcome that is um, relevant for every cancer type and, and um, really something that um, just is very important. And you think about when a doctor knows that somebody has died and you think that they, of course, know when their patients have died. But in fact, um, we found that about 60% of the time they did. And the other 40%, you know, maybe a patient was transferred to hospice um, when they realized that they were towards the end of their life or, um, you know, they went traveled home back home to be with family or um, all of these kind of real world <laughs> scenarios that happen that led to oftentimes we didn't have a great um, way to capture um, the That's amazing it's amazing exactly. statistic mm -hmm. um, and so what I did was work with a team to um, develop a um, an approach that brought in a number of, of external data sources um, from national data sources and commercial data sources um, and um, develop an algorithm to um, improve the mortality capture in our record. And now it's about at 90% um, sensitivity. So that, that was something that I was really proud of. Yeah, that's quite the jump. So you... You spent six years at Flatiron, an amazing journey. And then in May of this year, you, you decided to make the switch. So talk us through that journey and, and then tell us all about EQRX. Sure. Um, so one of the things that struck me about when I was at Flatiron is, um, you know, they always did such a great job of making sure employees felt close to the problems. And so I had opportunities to shadow oncologists and hear from cancer patients and as a researcher, it's easy to look at the high level and all the amazing scientific advances that have happened in cancer treatment over the last 10 or so years. Um, but that's really only part of the story. Every single time that we had the opportunity to hear from patients, the story on the ground was, was quite different. Um, every single one of those patients would talk about the cost and the lack of transparency and just, um, the burden when you're going through this really, really tough time um, to add also trying to navigate this system with high costs that are incredibly complex. Um, and this year I heard about um, EQRX. And the goal of EQRX is to make innovative drugs that are equally as good or better than established therapies and make them available at radically lower prices. And so this was something that was so appealing to me, this idea, um, you know, it's not rocket science, but really no one has dared to do it. Um, and here in EQRX, you have this team of, of industry insiders. You know, these are people that have been in biotech um, that have um, really been on the inside of this industry saying, you know, enough is enough. We know how to develop drugs. Let's do this better. Um, and so that was something that um, was really appealing to me. 
yeah and to everyone else who's listening it's it's quite a mission to get behind because it's such an obvious problem that as you said no one has dared to tackle yet so to be able to take all of the the amazing people who've joined eqrx thus far and and work on that together it's it's got to be exciting um so give us some insight into what you're actually looking for uh, at eqrx yeah sure so um well, across the board, we are looking for a whole lot of things. Um, our company is growing quite quickly. We are about we were at about thirty people when I joined in May of this year. Um, we're at about eighty now in October, um, and and a lot of plans for growth in the upcoming um, months and years. Um, what the team that I'm building is the clinical computational sciences team. And so what that really means is how do we analyze data to get the drugs that we have in development um, to being used by patients as efficiently as possible. And so that encompasses the statistical analyses of the clinical trials that we're doing to support drug approvals, um, building health economic models to support reimbursement, and then also analysis of real world evidence to drive adoption. So kind of all along the spectrum of a product life cycle, how do we use data to um, to really further the adoption of the therapies? Yeah, and, and that's it. It's an interesting topic, that one. And I'd love to get your take on what the future of clinical trials and the usage of real-world evidence in regularly, regulatory decision-making is going to look like because you're on the inside. You can see what's coming, the changes that you're you know, personally playing a hand in, in making. So how is, the, how is this going to change with the use of, of, of data technology and, and computational sciences? So one of the things when I look out, you know, say 10 years from now, how I think um, this will look, clinical trials are the gold standard. The reason is when you have randomization, you know, you really are able to account for any potential confounding known or unknown. Um, and that's really hard to get at with real world data. So I think there will always be a role for randomization. Um, but in terms of clinical trials, now we try to answer every question using clinical trials. And when I look at the future, I see a world where we try to establish the, the core safety and efficacy, a couple of endpoints, you know, really the core components. And then we're able to fill out a lot of the details by using real world evidence. So how can we kind of understand that drugs are generally safe and effective, um, get them into the market, and then understand how they're being used with really robust systems for monitoring and real-time learning. And so um, EQRX is at a really interesting point because um, we're building a pharmaceutical company from the ground up. And so we're able to leverage modern technologies and things that have been that have come out. Um, you know, if you're at a larger established pharmaceutical company, um, there's a cost to ripping something out, which is the way that you've always done it or the thing, the tools that you've always relied upon here. Um, there is no, this is how we've always done it. So we kind of have a clean slate to really reimagine what this looks like and build towards the future. And so that's one of the things that I'm most excited about um, when I think about the future of this space and, and how EQRX fits in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting what, what can potentially be accomplished in such a short space of time. Um, 
Melissa, I want to get your take now on um, advice for aspiring and, and junior data scientists who are just starting their career and, and are potentially looking at exploring early stage startups. You know, I, I speak to a lot of uh, junior uh, data scientists and also uh, companies who are looking to hire uh, as startups. And what they find is, you know, it, it's a balance of making people see the opportunity, taking a, a calculated risk versus going to the big organization where you're, it's a little more established, a little more measured and structured, but it doesn't give you the exposure to exciting growth. So you're someone who, who took that risk and, and benefited from it massively with, with the amazing work at Flatiron. So looking back now, what did you learn and, and what advice would you give to data scientists who are considering uh, an early stage startup? So what I would say is that, you know, larger companies are great for when you're just starting out and kind of need that more structured um, learning program. Um, a startup is not going to have something like that. And so early on in your career, I think that that could be very valuable. Um, but once you do have some experience and, and um, if you are in the fortunate scenario of being able to take a little bit more risk, um, you know, I think joining a startup is just one of the most fun and impactful things that you can do. Um, being someone who has looked at a whole lot of mortality data, um, one of the things that I think about almost every day is just how short life is. Um, you want to be doing things that matter every day. And so um, that's kind of the bar that I set when I'm thinking about what company do I want to join. Um, you know, you're thinking about not only the mission, is this a mission that I really, you know, believe in, but also are these the people that I think can really pull it off? Um, and if we are successful, um, is this an idea that will have a huge impact? I think there's a lot of startups that um, are doing something that, you know, is noble, but but maybe um, a little small in scope. And um, one of the things that, that I look for are kind of companies that are going to be game changers. Um, and so that's hard to find. And I think it's worth kind of being picky because you know, it's, it's where you're gonna be spending all of your time. Um, but when you do find that perfect mix of team and leaders and mission and, um, you know, the ambition of the mission, I think it can be really powerful. Yeah, it gives you a through north to focus on because mm -hmm. look, work can be challenging, there can be difficult moments, it can be stressful, but if you have purpose behind it all, it makes those difficult days a lot easier to dust yourself off and come back in the next day. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Melissa, this has been a pleasure. It's been great to learn about not just your own amazing background from your time at Flatiron, but the exciting things that are happening at EQRX, even in the the, the, the midst of COVID, the, the level of growth is amazing. What you're trying to do is is, is really inspiring. And uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to, to watching you accomplish it again. So thank you for coming on and talking to us about EQRX. Stay tuned and thanks so much for having me. This has been great. AI Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. 
Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.